You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Highly suspect reviewers, this is a very delicate mission, and if you choose to accept it... Mm. You'll have to agree with pretty pretty much everybody else out there that this new Mission Impossible movie is tits. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's not really the most impossible mission you've ever encountered. Yeah. I mean, uh, the longest mission, I think. It's definitely the longest mission. Is it? I'm not sure about running times of the other ones. It it was three and a half days long. It was not three and a half days long. We just got it. It's next Tuesday. It's definitely the longest of the missions. The the only movie that's like that long is the fourth Transformers film. Which we're still watching. Holy shit! We're still, still, still sitting in the theater. This might be my favorite Chris take because I just <laughs> watched it. to calm down. It's like two hours forty six minutes. Fucking chilling runtime. <laughs> <laughs> I kept pausing it, like, and I'm like, clearly it's wrapping up. An no, hour and eleven keep, minutes it's left going. But you know what? This movie, which is indeed around that same runtime, it is pretty fucking long. Yeah, I didn't feel it. Not at all. I uh, felt it in parts. Really? Right? You're going to be that guy? I will be that guy well, this review. And that's right. That guy. Hello. That guy right. That guy right. Also joining us is me, Chris. Hello. Hi. And Chris. also. Hey, it's Nathan. Hey, it's Drew. <laughs> this is. <laughs> is that too I, enthusiastic? Is, okay. Not this. I don't know if this is actually spoiling anything, but this is oddly reminiscent of that opening scene with all the people are talking. It's like, it feels a little stilted right now. Yeah, really? Let's get this going, you guys. Feel, you feel Come like, on. Hold on. I'm going to pull my mask off. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Chris it's, Crosscox. It's, it's Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I was one of those people when the series first started out. I saw the first one. I'm not. I'm 50-50 on Ryan De Palma, I'll be honest. Mm. Like, in a lot of the films people love by him, not a fan of. And when I first saw the first Mission Impossible film, I was like, skip. Didn't care for it. Mm. I was like, eh, it's fine, but so what? It's nothing. It's not a Bond film. It's not. It's too goofy. It's not really that good. And then upon, the second one really brought, upon, you know, got you in. Well, upon rewatches, I like it more, but nonetheless, still, I think it's one of the weaker ones. Second one is awful, and I was so anticipating it. John Woo directing it, big John Woo fan, like, ready for this. It's still ultimate dog shit. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. It's not unwatchable. It's the best hair of the franchise. Though, unwatchable. I think. Best hair of the franchise. That's possible. <laughs> for real. <laughs> but three was like, you know, J.J. Abrams, who has made at best maybe two watchable movies. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> this and, uh, is the first Star Trek. <laughs> no, he did those. But he kind of saved yes. that franchise. I mean, I thought that was, that, that was a fantastic he, he movie. He's yeah. great at starting things, horrible at finishing them. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Maybe the best at starting things. Nonetheless, it was a redirect into something that would like almost felt a little more British. It was like, okay, let's pull back. Let's focus more on the team. I was like, this is the right direction. We're not here yet. We're not there yet for it being like, okay, a Bond killer. 
but we're getting there. And then four was like, get your Christopher Quarry in there. Like, hold my beer. It was like, hold my beer and watch this. And I was like, holy shit. Christopher McQuarrie, Brad Bird, just fucking killing yeah, it. Yeah, Brad Bird was fantastic. Yeah. Just the, the... killing it. Like, just killing it. I was like, this is amazing. One of the best action movies of the last yeah. decade. And then I'm like, well, what do you got for it? And they kept going for two more movies after that. Of like, this keeps doing what I was thought you the series wasn't capable of doing really just being the preeminent spy series out there because Bond had pulled back to Daniel Craig being like well we're all serious and kind of dark now and we're all interconnected and, yeah mm-hmm. and like okay they're like every other Bond film with Craig I like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. but I was like, yeah I was like impossible is give me what I go see Bond films for right you know bigger than life huge stunts crazy stuff hot chicks all that stuff all right but those, when you look back, you go, the last three are kind of a trilogy in and of themselves. Yeah. They're like, all right, so there's <clears throat> elements that tie the all three in together into one sort of complete whole. And it decidedly ends with Fallout, which many people have said, and, and I can't necessarily disagree, is the best of the Mission Impossible films. Yeah, for me, definitely. But yeah. then them launching this new one, Dead Reckoning, still with Christopher McQuarrie at the head, and obviously Tom Cruise. And saying this is the first of three, just going like, we're just fl- flat out telling you this is a trilogy and it's everyone's going to be to be continued. It's just two, baby. Like, oh, I thought it was three. No, it's just two. But oh, they, is it two? They're I talking about doing more. Okay. I thought it was three. They're going to plan on killing him live <laughs> yeah. on camera. No, he think, will not rest. I think that's Tom Cruise's plan, quite frankly, is yeah. to die doing a I think stunt. it's a pretty good plan. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably in his contract. It must stay in the film. He's our Buster <laughs> Keaton. <laughs> like if so you just we have an alternate script for post every stunt scene of where the movie goes it's the like the n- new thing with you know like back in the you know westerns uh western times jesus christ uh <laughs> when people would pay to see like a dead body is like i'll pay 15 dollars to see tom cruise kill himself on camera that's fine i mean no one would be happier than tom cruise well, no? if they, if they yeah. keep shooting the movies and then waiting three years to release them and he's going to keep de-aging himself so he's, he's going to keep doing it for a long time because he looks fantastic in this movie the, that's the thing much like maverick where i'm like well, that's the ai uh, uh, okay <laughs> yeah. like, so he still does the bulk of his own stunts despite being 59 years old um, Chris, what do you he's have to answer 61 for? as of yesterday. Oh, is he really? Okay, yes. I, I thought he was He's still 61? Yeah, but he was 45 in this film. Actually, so as of a couple days ago. No, but he, they're shit. definitely de-aging yeah. technology stuff on screen. They're not substituting in a stuntman to do his, his stunts, though. He's still doing those stunts and those action scenes, so... Wow, that's crazy! I can barely get out of bed in the morning. They do have a flashback where they <laughs> they kind of de-age the villain yeah. Gabriel yeah, Isai yeah. Morales, but they don't show Tom Cruise's face in it because he probably refuses to actually be de-aged. I, I, I don't even think they de-age him. I think they just dyed his beard. Maybe, be yeah, because he, he looks great too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they just fantastic. gave Tom Cruise a little longer hair, like just down to his shoulders, kind of thing. <laughs> like, give him a mullet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that's young Tom Cruise. He's like, whoa, living on a prayer. No, he's not doing that. I just wanted one La Bamba reference. Right? One La Bamba. But you know, this starts like a lot of these do. It's a situation where somebody comes in and goes, Here's your package. Confusing. Here's your package, <laughs> Mr. Cruz. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and they go, Oh, sorry, I meant Mr. Hunt. And uh, <laughs> The character oh, literally thinks. says that in the movie. It's funny. No, <laughs> no. Um, here's the mission. Should you choose to accept it? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but here's the thing. Actually, you know, there's a scene before that that you're like, wait a minute. Is this a Jack Clancy movie or Tom Clancy movie? Mm-hmm. Jack Ryan movie? Nice little has that Russian feel? submarine yeah. drama. Yeah, Russian submarine drama. You're like, what Last is time on, on Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Hunt for this Red movie October is a lot four. of different movies at once. No. Yeah. But 
what it comes down to, and we're not there. It would be next to impossible to describe the entire, even setup plot of this thing. But get this. Oh, can now, I? I'll try. We've run. I don't out, think it's impossible. We've run. <laughs> shut up. We've run out of single like villains. Like you don't have like the like the one for the previous two. You're like you don't have that one guy who's doing it now. Now you have Skynet. You know, because we're all terrified of AI. Yeah. So the idea is there's this sort of not really clearly defined thing about a computer program that's AI that has gone gone rogue, much like they keep mentioning the Mission Impossible Force constantly does. That's how Ethan Hunt's going to beat him because they've both gone rogue. They've both gone rogue. Yeah. Become, he'll, the computer will be the new member of the IMI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they both <laughs> see my mind. You just blew oh my, my God. mind. They both that seem to serve the God role in this universe. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but everybody's searching after two parts of this key. And the thing with the key is when you fuse the two parts together, they can go into it this makes a key that's in a submarine <laughs> that lights up. that's at the bottom of the Arctic Ocean now because <laughs> they the got the beginning it for- of the film <laughs> that has the one thing that can stop the air. <laughs> I, I guess I, I don't, it's a little confusing. Like but they, they don't explain exactly what the key is going to well, do. They say just that, like, yet. That's the stop. They say at one point early on, that's the thing that can stop it. That the one thing they that you think can, you can control. No, you, no, no. They, you can they say it pretty implicitly. Yeah. They yeah. say, they say you, this is the one thing that will let you control it. And right now it's uncontrollable and it's working on its own and who knows what it's doing. But we do know that it's got an agent in SI Morales as Gabriel, Gabriel who is also in a thing we've never seen before. There was some shit that happened before uh, Mission Impossible ever one. joined in, in a <clears throat> possible mission force where somebody in his life got killed by this guy. And it led into why he joined the admission force in the first place and yada, yada, yada. Another anyway, really good looking brunette. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. He certainly has a type. One. <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> but they're like, oh, well, there's a reason why this computer would have chosen this guy because everything seems to come down to Ethan Hunt and the decisions that he makes. And that sort of like a very Star Trek concept of like, but if it knows everything you're going to do and it knows everything everyone's going to do, why would it focus so much on this one person and stopping this one person? Mm. Ah, because you are the wild card in the machine. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the midst of all these decisions, this computer can predict you, you have to be the one thing where there's a moment where you could win. Yeah. But who knows what that could be? So he's on a worldwide chase involving all the old usual suspects from previous films and bringing in Haley Atwell as a uh, a master thief who's involved in this to basically steal the key for also like, a, you know, like, wait, why am I doing this? But when she gets into this and realizes <clears throat> what she's in the middle of, it's like, literally, you like the one thing in the whole world you could have stolen. This is the worst choice you ever could have made because every country in the world is like, we want that key. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody in the world's like, I don't care what we have to do. That key is the most important thing that there is. Yeah. And, you know, sh- her going, look, I've always been a thief. I I'm, I don't trust anybody. I'm getting away from here. I'm getting from, away from Tom Cruise. I'm getting away from everybody. It creates a fish out of water scenario, which is fun for a lot of traditionally for a lot of action movies. You know, the, the hero with the, the females or another character is like, what's going on? Except smartly, she's really good at what she does, too. Yeah, she just she's capable. It's just that all of this is way outside of her usual scale of doing things. It's so like, you, I just steal keys off of like, you know, yeah. middle aged guys. You, you, I like, I'm not trying to save the world here. You get the fish out of water thing, but also with not a hapless screaming female, you know, no, no, which is great. Uh, and her, think, her, her character, Grace too, is like, it really seems like Grace and Ethan at one point were 
in magic camp or something because they, oh, they, yeah. their, their sleight of hand, they just keep kind of competing the entire time. And this there's and, more sleight of hand in this than yeah. there is in the original. I thought Jesse right. Eisenberg was going to show up at some <laughs> right. point. <laughs> oh, oh, right. We're done here. <laughs> now you see me. <laughs> oh, oh, well, Louis Letier will direct one of the later. It seems certain, actually, that will happen eventually. I think we but. all just inevitably have him do a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to do Narnia after credit Gerwig. But what all that adds up to is like a film that, uh, unlike the last two especially which are very dark films like very serious yeah. uh, rogue nation's a little lighter i, I mean a little but still like Quite pretty lighter. dark like this is like playing it for laughs a lot of the time mm-hmm. there's a lot of comedic stuff in the midst of even whole big giant action set pieces yeah that largely play off the whole Haley atwell tom cruise right, right. thing going on here um and i welcomed it quite frankly because it was a good balance between like the the comedy and the severity of the situation because i don't know about you guys i think we were talking about this after the movie is like holy shit this villain is actually really intimidating in you know it there is the ai and gabriel but it's just gabriel and and palm uh uh clementine or whatever the fuck her name is clementeff clementeff i'm probably pronouncing that yeah um from guardians of the galaxy yeah uh who's here is another badass who appears to be working for gabriel ai for gabriel uh but it is by the way like she could have just been another flunky too many Mm -hmm. movies you're like why are you just some brand like like a uh, uh, Boyce, uh, uh, Boyd Holbrook in the Last Indiana Jones. You're like, you're great. Why are you a, a almost dialogueless? Or, or better yet, game? Batista and Dave Spectre. Batista. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where she actually gets some interesting stuff to do here, and even some good acting moments. Well, like, all the and she's having a dis- blast in dis- this car chasing. Yeah. She's yeah. like cackling. All yeah. the new Despite additions like to the cast lines. are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like every single person just punches above their weight. Shea Wiggum. Yeah, Shea Wiggum brought in here is like the kind of hapless guy who actually just straightforward has a job for the government. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like, I just want to hunt, eat and hunt. What the hell? <laughs> and it's like, wait, why is none of this working? It's like, dude, you don't even know what you're up against. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he, he's kind of like the um, the the French or maybe the Russian cop in, uh, it was a Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation or something. Oh, yeah, like? yeah. The, the guy who, if you watch it from his perspective, it's like, this Tom Cruise keeps outwitting this so hunky uh, yeah, yeah. Russian cop. <laughs> Or right, whatever. Right, right, right. I don't know. I think that this movie, compared to the others, uh, at least the last three, which I think is the dominant paradigm to discuss any new film versus, mm. they're trying to bring back more of the original series and more of the original film idea of like a super twisty plot. Yeah, a lot of spy craft, a lot double of crossing. Spy craft, double crossing. It's double really cross, going like back crazy. to that a lot. But. It's also trying to keep in the stuff that made us love the last three films, like it, the huge action set pieces that are just like, oh, my God, there's a train sequence in the third act that's like stunning. Yeah. Blistering. It's yeah. fucking incredible. What's well, great is that they actually didn't give it away in the trailers. Yeah. You know, it keeps going yeah. and going and going and going. And that's really worth the price of admission for sure. It, and even though it's like comes at the three hour mark. Although, it's it's I'll, at I'll, the eight hour mark. Although <laughs> I say there's a point where he's chasing a. Uh, Ethan Hunt's tra- chasing a train on a motorcycle. I'm like, oh my god, are they going to Michelle Yao super cop this? Because if he's really going to do that, <laughs> that's about the ballsiest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. You're going to top one of the most dangerous stunts ever done on film. Good Where luck. she basically broke her neck and doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but well, did it. Also, for going like so far into the OG spycraft, it 
made more of a shift towards sci-fi and more modern technology than say like cold war stuff and yeah. that shift is immediately at the start of the film with the yeah. russian submarine to the ai yeah no 100 percent. and also and you can't not think this this is the terminator prequel we should have gotten in the first place <laughs> yeah. right like i'm not there are no robot robots with human skin i mean yeah uh, like maybe yeah, I don't know the next one but I'm just saying humans. I'm just saying like the idea of like this being what if AI actually tried to actively take over this is like that story yeah, yeah. and the... it's it's <laughs> not it did not feel like generic Skynet though it actually no. felt like its own threat for the movie yeah which there's was no time big... travel shit or anything yeah like it, well it's just it, and this isn't Indiana Jones it felt <laughs> personal too because it was using Gabriel as the conduit of like what it wants it to do or its avatar let's say and the fact that Ethan and Gabriel have a past like oh wow this is really intimidating like him having to fight a physical guy but also having this unbeatable god thing that's like not, hasn't even done anything well never mind uh, bad, <laughs> bad yeah. let's say and it's just like this looming threat like oh fuck because all the superpowers of the world like well if we get this and we control it we could do whatever the fuck it, we want it also similar to Top Gun Maverick it serves okay, as a metaphor that they, yeah, that they constantly yeah, keep yeah, doing yeah, in these in these yeah. Tom Cruise movies where the whole idea is oh hey the villain is this nothing entity that threatens the old ways of making movies and I I felt like the AI was more of a metaphor for his war against streaming as being the future. That's my take on the I'm movie. I'm not sure there was a metaphor here. I, I, I think you might be is. looking a little too deeply. Oh my God. I always do. You really hope that he listens just like you fucking got it. Nathan fucking McQuarrie, got get it. out there. <laughs> yeah, I have a full message when we're done from Tom Cruise. Like, thank God someone's odd. Somebody understood my vision. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in it is really good still. Yeah, uh, Haley like, Atwell is like always welcome in absolutely anything for me. And she sure. is a super welcome addition to this movie. She's charming and fun. She's a great foil for Tom Cruise. They... Just, you know, I mean, obviously Rebecca Ferguson is in this as well. And it I never felt like they were intentionally trying to go. But now here's his new romantic interest. It's more like, no, here's someone who would be an interesting person to be part of this new cast. Right. You know, right. And, and like who's somebody who you have to gain their respect. But once you have it, it's well worth it. And yeah. she is a fascinating little, uh, uh, you know, Oliver <laughs> you know, yeah. Thief. Well, she can really play both both sides. I mean, she can be tough and also still be a little Vulnerable. bit of a damsel in distress yeah. too. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson really. I mean, her character. She can hold you her know, own. Couldn't do. I mean, she's she's such a. You know, she's so fierce in the movie. Yeah, she's laser focused and tense. Yeah, I mean, she's she's basically like his his equal, not really. So he can't really play the hero as much with her. And we get Vanessa Kirby returning as uh, the White Widow, who Ooh. I really, really have loved in the series. Mm -hmm. I think she's a lot of fun she's because so good. She's, she's really this, good in this. this great sort of like. I have total respect for this character who name she doesn't actually know Ethan Hunt, but mad Hello, respect because she knows what he's capable of and like okay he's a major player so you have to take into response the fact it's not bad to be on his good side even though I'm the person who will work for anyone great to see her return and then of course Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg back always welcome yeah, yeah. so great you know I mean I'm a, I, I felt a little bit of annoyance that because I love the the fact that new three films I would say the last four films have been very much about the team and it felt like it pulled back a bit on that a little here. bit yeah not a huge amount but not a little a, bit with Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg yeah, yeah it's kind they, of just like they, super hackers they, and then Ethan yeah, yeah. yeah. Ving yeah. Rhames is like you might feel a sting 
That's pride. <laughs> well, Benji, <laughs> Benji least, gets to do the running, and Ving Rhames just gets to do the typing. The, for the sitting. Most part. Yeah, uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. Ving Rhames at least has a, a good few moments. No, they in they, the film. Both, they both get some nice moments, but yeah. they, they definitely are not as much active in the story as, it no, goes, as no. they were in the previous. But films. but also with all that said, I feel like this was the most introspective as far as their dialogue together with each other. They felt more like a team <laughs> than they have been. Yeah, in any like of the, the little films. amount of dialogue they had, it, it, it like the it felt more impactful than maybe like what you're talking about with the other films is like, I mean, there's a great moment with Simon Pegg. You're just like, Oh shit. He's, he really cares about all of them too. Yeah. Also you get that, you get a moment with like Luther and Simon talking about, or, you know, Ving and Simon talking about who's the better hacker commenting on the fact yeah. that now there's two hackers. I mean, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a fun great stuff. script that it, it, it Indeed, is focusing more on the light stuff on some level. Like, there's a lot more fun little moments like that, especially between these characters. Very light, very fun, but also helping to further define who their characters are and who they are in relation to each other. I mm-hmm. thought it was really, really It also well helps done. keep the deliriously loopy plot of the movie light and fun to take while yeah. also not undercutting any of the severity of it. Yeah, you've got yeah. a spy movie that the villain is a supercomputer that's sentient. You've got to throw some... Humor and mm-hmm. yeah, balance yeah, yeah. That, you yeah. Have to have the, and it's a good balance. And there's a good yeah. sequence too with with Benji kind of being the GPS for Ethan Hunt and they and and uh, Ethan Hunt trusting him so much, and then they kind of pull the rug out from under you a little bit. And I thought that was really clever. There's one little little sequence where they yeah because they, play that. they yeah. so clearly understand the tropes of these movies and yeah. are able to play and remix them in certain ways that make this film still feel fresh. And I think they kept to the single most important thing that made these new films work is the loyalty that they all feel towards yeah. each other yeah. and making that a central core point because a, a lot of this is about how do you bring in a member to the IMF like how does someone join the IMF how does someone get trusted to join this and why would they trust to join mm-hmm. this why would they do this this is a sort of like a subtext that becomes a very smart emotional point of this film and I think they nailed it yeah <laughs> Uh, I, I actually felt emotional at one scene well, about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we were talking about this on the way home. It's like I, I felt like with one of the characters they are maybe bringing in, uh, it felt a little loose because of their capabilities. And it's like, wait, so just because of they did that one thing, like hey. everybody starts everywhere. So, yeah. Well, yeah. sure, but it, I like, mean, this I, brings me back to when we brought you into one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? It was Istanbul. Not mm-hmm. Constantinople. <laughs> I caught him trying to lift a wallet off of like a prominent. Hey, era. would you like to be on a radio show? <laughs> nice pull, kid. I mean, nice, nice pull. pull. Nice pull. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody make talk sure Wright incessantly doesn't... about movies. <laughs> Somebody make sure Wright doesn't have a heart attack as I say this. But this, you know, the Fast and Furious franchise is about family. This oh, is about geez. friends. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, oh, and I like how this movie weaponized the word friend. That yeah. was that was beautiful. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I true. fucking hate Agreed. this. Okay, I gotta oh get God. out of here. Well, now. why don't you do your final thoughts there? I uh, I liked this a lot. I don't know if I really liked it as much as the other films. I'm a big fan, and I it, it felt a a little uneven at times. And uh, and the the plot is it's it's a lot, and there's a lot of characters in this where it did feel like there was a few scenes that didn't feel like they know they knew exactly what they were trying to go for like the pacing wise there's a scene at the very beginning uh there's a, also another scene which I, I know you Nathan talked about with us um uh, before we started recording 
at a dance club that I felt was very odd. It, like I didn't, I, I felt tense, but like I didn't know exactly what I was really supposed to be feeling. It's very strange. Um, but again, the, the set pieces are really great and fun. Um, Haley Atwell is a great addition. I have complaints about other particular character choices, uh, that end up happening that, uh, I, you know, personally don't care for, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next because this is the, also the first time that I actually felt fearful in a way of the villain like more than the other films like this feels like wow how is ethan actually going to defeat this because spoiler it's a part one <laughs> and uh and so it's like they don't wrap it up you know neatly yeah. and it has uh, kind of an ending it has kind of, it has a good enough ending for a part one it's not like a whole dun 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 well, to be continued how it ends is ethan hunt writes the sandworm and yeah. it's fine yeah sure and it's uh spider verse yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why wasn't there more zendaya i don't know. where was zendaya <laughs> uh one woman at a time <laughs> sorry uh so uh, but yeah, I still had a really fun time as I always do with these movies, except for the second one. And, uh, and Fair. yeah, and there's some like technical parts and like, uh, how it was filmed that it seeing an IMAX was actually kind of jarring. Uh, like there is a great corridor, like fight sequence and then like a little alleyway that honestly at first, like I really loved how it was done, but like, it was almost making me queasy. Yeah. Was that like, was oh, the hardest man. scene to pull off for yeah. action wise. There was a point where it we were was like, so claustrophobic. That, that felt like I'm, you're not quite like almost generally speaking Christopher McQuarrie is great at pulling off that yeah, action, action yeah. but that was the first scene I've seen him do in the series where I was like this is not a hundred percent working I no. mean I can tell ultimately what's happening but I think that the claustrophobic nature of it was like a little okay well it was just he didn't know how to shoot it yeah he didn't know how to shoot it because you're sh- shooting with IMAX and you're seeing so much but then you only see so little yeah. of what's going on or it's like really close and it's like I mean, it'd be a challenge for any director. Right. It's also the first Mission Impossible movie shot in digital. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Not sure that's relevant. Well, they've just been (laughs) sticking. I'm talking about shot composition and lenses. Shot composition. Yeah, Yeah, I'm talking about that and like how the the lens. What are you doing, Meg? Jesus Christ. Anyway, so (laughs) I I still really liked it. It's really great. You know, blast of a movie. Go watch it. So I'm going to give it uh, eight out of ten. El Diablo Cacas. That which you don't, it, I don't even want to explain it. We'll just, leave, <laughs> let, we'll just hey, let that sit in the pot. Eric, what does that mean? I won't say it on the record. No. <laughs> Nathan, uh, you know this is uh, is not as pulse pounding as Fallout, but it knows that it really can't be. Mm. I found it to be a worthy entry of the franchise. All in all, all the new additions are great. It's a hard movie to be as satisfied as the past couple because it is a two-parter but i never felt like with its part one of two atmosphere like it wasn't delivering me a full meal i certainly got that um yeah no i'll give it eight and a half out of ten um close-up magic tricks Hmm. nice i love that by the way um drew Thank you. I, I'll go. I'll go now. Um, yes, you will. Yeah. So <laughs> one one thing from you know you know I, I think you know the the marketing of this has been really insane. And of course, the, the throughout a lot of these films, they've talked about how Macquarie and Tom Cruise are kind of making it up as they go along. And there's a lot of big budget filmmaking that does that, which is strange. But you know they they'll say, well, we didn't know we were going to do this huge desert sequence until we had a desert, you know, or until we knew we were going to go film in Abu they Dhabi. Here. Found one. And and uh, I think this this. 
this entry kind of like feels like that to me. It feels pieced together mm-hmm. at, at times. And I'm, I know they kind of shot it over a few years. There was a lot of stops and starts. Um, so, and I really noticed that at times, and even with some of the dialogue, um, and just, wrinkles. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and just, uh, just felt a little stilted in parts. Story. Um, and I think th- the reason why it's, it's long, I think they, they really need to have a balance between the really extended action sequences. And so they have, have to have extended dialogue sequences that are having the exposition that sometimes is a little bit too much shut up and. It's okay to maybe if, if that balance isn't there and you could kind of wrap it up a little bit quicker and get to the action again, you know, yeah, and get yeah. to get to Tom Cruise on camera kicking ass. Yeah. Um, uh, and and I, I'm it, I'm definitely interested to see what happens in, in the second part. I do because th- it, it, like you were saying before, like Ethan Hunt has to be so unpredictable to fool the AI. Yeah. So I really want it to be like Ethan Hunt is awful, like a Black Mirror episode. So, <laughs> so where he just starts to so just like Joan is awful. Where, yeah. So just Ethan Hunt has to start doing even more crazy things and more unpredictable things. I'm telling you, to, a musical dance sequence. Yeah. <laughs> that, just, that would confuse just, the fuck out of the Rock AI. of Ages 2, Dead yeah. Reckoning, no, Part He needs two. to dress up as uh, Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder and freak out the AI and like, I don't yeah. know what to do with this. And, 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 and take and a shit in the church. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen The only way to feed him is to do totally random, stupid shit. Like... And, <laughs> Yeah, I I got a whole script in my head right now of just like Ethan Hunt going like, oh yeah, like you said, like oh fuck, I should take a shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what I want to see. What do you do and with I, that AI? And I do think they're, they're La do- Diablo Caca. In this one, they're doing like these callbacks to the original. I like I mean, the train sequence is is very very much like the 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 ending of the first movie. So I I, I kind of see that continuing with part two and maybe like a Langley type sequence with, oh, sure. you know, with, with involved with, with um, the entity, uh, which, which I think would be cool, especially because if it's going to be the final one, just, just uh, try to take those moments and take those iconic moments from the franchise and, and try to like one up them. That's kind of what Tom Cruise yeah. likes to do now. Um, so yeah, I'll get it. I'll give it, um, I'll give it seven out of 10. Wow. Um, this is the most ridiculous MacGuffins uh, of, of the entire franchise. What? What's wrong with the key that lights up? You can get it at Spencer's Gifts. Maybe he has to put it on top of a Christmas tree at the, at the end of the movie. <laughs> it, did, it is shaped like a cross. <laughs> it, it did feel a little bit like, and we'll sell these in our store <laughs> for fans. It's like, I want I want a Mission Impossible key. And also, maybe put it in a case instead of someone's pocket every time. Yeah, there's a lot. Of the, but a lot of it is like, the, there's so much pick, pickpocketing. would be useless. There's <laughs> so much pickpocketing in this movie it happens like 17 times and i loved <laughs> i was checking my wallet like multiple times yeah, during the movie. right you're just checking <laughs> no i'm i thought this was delightful but unexpected this is not the same beats as the previous films but incorporates what made those work uh i had a lot of fun with it but i also reserved my judgment ultimately till we see part two and i suspect that the biggest stuff is, I mean, suspect, let's be sure the biggest, big stunt sequences, the biggest stuff that's going to blow, like they hope are going to blow your mind is going to be in part two. They want to get your taste for it here. They want to blow your mind where you're like, Oh my God, that was a complete, like that was the complete picture there. I don't know, man. Um, I 
was deeply happy watching this movie all the way through. It's constantly, constantly going. There's almost no downtime at all. I love that the Mission Impossible theme plays a bigger part in the musical than it did in a lot of the previous films. Yeah. Like they're regularly using it as the primary theme for sequences in a way that they were kind of pulling away from in the previous movies, I thought. And they pull back to it. And that's one of the all-time great themes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Lalo yeah. Schifrin mm-hmm. knew what he was doing. That's a great fucking theme. And I'd like just doing that, you're like, okay, I'm in. Let's see what's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, I think this is just nonstop fun. Uh, if anything, it's a little annoying. It's part one because I'm getting a little tired of movies doing the whole, like, look, I have no problem with movies going, the story will continue, but doing like this story isn't over. I'm getting a little annoyed with like, Hmm. please stop doing that. Like, I, I don't care for it. Yeah. Do, you, do you like longer I mean, ass movies, like five hour movies? This was two hours and 48 minutes. They should have been able to wrap up the story in two hours and 48 minutes. Oh, that's why Christopher McQuarrie is a bad writer. Okay. No, no, no. It's just a very active I, I just like, you, a blood vessel just broke in your eye. I, 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 <laughs> dude can do no wrong. I, I, I think this is Except great. for the mummy. I think this is great. I had a friend of mine who said this is the best action movie of the decade. He's not right. But who the hell said that? He's not necessarily wrong either, though. Like, I could see this being someone's best action movie of the decade. You can make a great case for it. I can see someone feeling like a child. And it'd be hard three years in. I mean, it'd be hard for me to argue, like, you're wrong. I mean, I think I like John Wick 4 more than this. John Wick 4, yeah. Yeah. You know, but also, I am a bigger fan of, like, showing how you do. The action, like a straight up practical, like, wow, this is incredible choreography, how it's done. This movie pulls a little bit more away from that and a little bit more towards the crazy, really overcomplicated, but in a fun way, plot in the way that the original show did. So, I mean, like, I I think it's, I think it's an interesting development and a cool development for the series, but I'm not going to have... You know, final, final thoughts until we see the next one. Oh, my God. You're going to string us along just like the movie did? Yeah. For now, I'm going to give it, I'm not saying, out of I'm not saying. Oh, my. Out of I'm not saying. God. Sorry. <laughs> you couldn't wait to do that, I'm could you? copping out. You are copping, copping out? Yeah, I'm copping out. Did you give a it. rating for Spider-Verse? Well, yeah, because that was awesome on question. Well, you gave a rating for Fast X. Shut up, Nathan. I okay. run this. <laughs> okay. I can do what I want. I do what I want. I'm the entity. I am play, the entity. Place things close to the vest. <laughs> uh, Barbara Hershey better watch out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs>